0: You cry, you laugh, you eat, you sleep, everywhere else. You want to be accepted, you want to be heard. It's like that everywhere in the world.
1: Hi, I'm Matt McKee, and welcome to Cherry Bomb the Podcast, a series of conversations with people about food, art, and sustainability. Today I'm speaking here in the studio with Sammy Joaquin, the founder and editor of StreetArtUnitedStates.com, a platform dedicated to street art culture. This episode is sponsored by my Sweet Blast series of photographs. I created the Sweet Blast series, including Cherry Bomb, High Stakes, and Pepper Spray, with the mission to start conversations in the room about the bigger topics of food, art, and sustainability. This podcast is the companion piece to that project where I get to share with you some of the discussions that Sweet Blast has inspired. You can browse and purchase images in the Sweet Blast collection at theartofmattmckee.com. Please share this episode to Facebook and on Twitter so your friends can listen and join the conversation. Sammy, thank you so much for coming in today.
0: Thank you for having me, Matt. What is the mission of Street Art United States? The blog started out as me voicing my frustration on current event. Okay. I found an outlet to do that through Street Art. Through Street Art. Okay? Yeah, so the mission of Street Art is to talk about subjects that are related to social injustice, racism, homophobia, and other social issues.
1: Are you talking about graffiti like people tagging or is it more about murals?
0: Yeah, street art is different than graffiti. Graffiti is more tagging and illegal. Street art can be both illegal and legal, but it often has a message behind it. Message like related to social issues and stuff like that.
1: Okay. I was reading one of the articles that was on your blog recently about an artist. CT215. That was when I realized that you weren't just talking about somebody tagging and writing smoke on the side of the wall or something like that. His artwork, his his murals are beautiful, incredible. They are, they are. How long has the blog been going?
0: So it started out as a Facebook page. Back in 2012, I didn't even notice street art before I started seeing it on Facebook through a... a Facebook page called uh, Street Art Germany and it blew my mind because of its politically charged message behind it and the social and then also how smart some pieces are you know mm, how like they really make you think yeah make you think who is drawn to create street art normally artists who have things to say but they cannot say it in a social aspect it's basically giving a voice to the voiceless you don't see it in affluent areas it's always in populated areas where often voices are muffled okay who would be the audience that these artists are trying to speak to the neighborhood that these pieces are going up with social media and uh, amplifying all those pieces giving more exposure to them politicians will be putting up political posters about things so this is sort
1: of the people's way of talking back
0: exactly people who feel neglected this is where they voice their opinion Mm. And people who have a lot to say sometimes. Yeah. Have you heard of the artist from England called Banksy? I've got books about him. He's one of the top artists of that genre. His
1: history, at least the history that's out there about him, it's really kind of fascinating how he created these things to comment.
0: It's all politically charged. It's all for the little guy, you know, against corporate greed and uh, capitalism and, and governments. Shepard Fairey. Shepard Fairey is good too, yeah. Now he's more on the commercial side. Do you see that happen with street artists? Yes. What happens is like street art, it, it was an underground movement and it was for people who have a lot to say and can't say it in any other field. It used to be an underground movement. Now it's coming above ground and I feel like in some cases it's been exploited. A lot of real estate companies are kind of exploiting the art and the art. Yeah. like Starving artists will do anything sometimes to well, put food to, on the to table. To get a commission to do a, a mural is not necessarily a bad thing, as long as it's not stifling their exactly. message. Exactly, exactly. But sometimes in the name of art, some people are advancing their own agenda.
1: Although it could be argued that we are all trying to advance our own agenda through whatever mediums yeah. we have. Yeah, Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah.
0: What drew you specifically to want to promote? I grew up in Lebanon in the midst of our civil war. Oh, wow. You know, I didn't have a childhood. I came to this country, and I couldn't believe the level of misinformation there is about the Middle East, about my Mm -hmm. area. While there is unrest, but there are a lot of good things. You only focus on the negative side. Well, there's a lot of good side about the area I live in. The blog was my way of voicing my frustration about the misinformation of that part of the world. Well, your blog is international from what I saw. It's very well known in the street art community, actually, yeah. Oh,
1: wow. Fantastic.
0: The street art community is a small community, but very well connected. We're all like a a big family. (laughs) I get invited to festivals and to document projects and mural festivals and stuff like that, yeah. It's really cool. Through your blog, you get backstage pass. Yeah. That yeah. is cool. When I met Shepard Fairey, yeah. and I introduced myself, we were in Miami for Art Basel. This is two years ago. Mm-hmm. I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Samuel Kim. I'm the founder and editor of Street Art United States. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, oh, yeah, made me so happy because yeah. he, he knew of my blog. Yeah. They may not know our names, but they know our work. Yeah
1: are you a street artist?
0: I don't specifically call myself an artist, but I dabble in art. In the basement, I have a t-shirt press. So like I have our logo, I do it on t-shirts and, and then distribute it. The Lebanon project. Can you describe
1: a little bit about yeah. that?
0: Yeah. For the last couple of years, Lebanon has been going through economical decline mm-hmm. and coupled with COVID last mm. year. And then in the summer the year, the port explosion that was classified as the third largest explosion in the world after Nagasaki and Hiroshima. That was crazy. Yeah. So I partnered with a collective in Lebanon through my connections through the artists that I know. We partnered with a few Spanish artists, some American artists, and we're gonna try and do a festival sometime in October. And try to bring in some vibrancy, bring in some positivity to to otherwise people who are dealing with near-collapse economy. Oh, wow. And part of it is we're trying to do few murals some art installations, and some workshops in refugee camps, in Palestinian refugee camps, and then in Syrian refugee camps. Oh, my gosh. Since the Syrian war had started, Lebanon had housed over 2 million refugees. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like for every four Lebanese right now, one of them is a refugee. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So this is our way of kind of bringing some positive positivity and some vibrancy to people. Who are,
1: are, yeah. And give them an opportunity to express themselves at the same time through the workshops. That sounds very cool. Yeah. So, obviously, things have evolved as they've gone along. How have you seen the progression of street art in the United States?
0: At first, I was just posting pictures online that I liked. And then artists took notice and they asked if I'm interested to interview them. And Mm. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can interview. Where should I post this? So, I started a blog and uh, I started posting uh, interviews and then one thing led to another and writers were interested in collaborating. Mm. Like in the end, turned out to be like a collective of like-minded writers that write about things they like, you know, like passionate about street art, passionate about the, the messages, passionate about injustice and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Mm. Is the blog self-sustaining?
0: There's no financial gain from it. I don't get paid from anything. So the writers are volunteering? Volunteering, yeah. I try to be clear from the beginning that I don't make money out of it. All I can do is give you a platform to voice your opinion. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. That's cool. What do you wish you knew when you started this whole
0: thing? I wish I knew that organizing a project would be easy. Because I feel like a lot, a lot of people don't give art the attention it needs. It's, some people think that it's a luxury. Mm-hmm. You pay someone to paint your house, mm-hmm. but you don't pay an artist to paint on your wall, pay a plumber to do a job, you pay an electrician. When it comes to artists, some people have are reserved like they don't. I see your point. I wish people are more supportive of that, that
1: art form. What do you think your legacy is going to be on this project:
0: my legacy is I would like people to have a different outlook on the Middle East. I would like them to know that there are good things coming out of that place. There is culture and there is life. Just like any other place on earth, it's not all bad. Yeah. So yeah. my legacy is for me to raise awareness on the good things that are coming out of that part of the world. Cool.
1: At the end of the day, you put the politics aside, you put government side of things aside, and you've just got people who are mothers and fathers and children, and they just want to do their thing and raise their kids and have them educated.
0: Exactly, exactly. Everywhere in the world you cry, you laugh, you you eat, you, you sleep, you want to be accepted, you want to be heard, like that everywhere in the world. And one of the universals throughout all of this is art. Exactly one specific lebanese artist that i became friends with he did an amazing art installation so there's a high rise that wasn't finished it was being built and uh, the war started so it was still on the like a skeleton and it's a high rise the army is like controlling it but only the first few floors it's like a high rise of maybe 50 floors and with like windows What he did is, like, very traditional awnings that are usually on small shops. And he just bought a bunch of those. He went up secretly with a bunch of his friends. This is illegal, totally illegal. And he goes up and he decorates... 400 windows oh my gosh at night he just installed it from the top and then in the morning you can see it the wind blowing it and you see the colorful windows oh o- on this otherwise uh, dilapidated building it huh. was amazing oh wow yeah what happened is a few weeks later he needed to take them down or else he'll be sued
1: oh my god <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so first he sneaks in over the army's head yeah and installs these things. Did he take credit for it? Is that how they caught him? Yeah, it received some really positive feedback from the media. What was the message that he was putting across?
0: Bringing vibrancy to this otherwise like ghost that remind us of the war. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So inviting life back into it. Exactly,
1: exactly. And then they were going to sue him. Yeah,
0: he came up to the conclusion that Lebanon is stuck. People don't want to move. I mean the government, but not the people they're just stuck in their old ways they're not moving forward and this is something that they didn't come up with that's the main reason why
1: okay okay yeah i have a 19 year old and a 22 year old now and i keep looking at what they're doing and having conversations with them about things that are going on in our world and they just kind of keep looking back at me going well you guys are are acting stupid you old men." <laughs> Why is this even a thing? It's going to be the young people who are going to point out our misconceptions and fallacies. Follow- yeah. And
0: Yeah, here I am. I thought that I'm, I'm the cool father until I was otherwise by my son.
1: <laughs> and they will do that to you over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh my gosh. yeah.
0: yeah. 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 When I go home, I go to Lebanon every year mm-hmm. during the summer. Through my blog, I got to meet the uh, street artists and graffiti artists from Lebanon. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up in war, you have pent-up anger, all that stuff in in you. And I feel like these artists have so much in them to say. But what they do is try to emulate the Western artists. Mm. Instead of bringing their own identity, what's bothering them, what they had experienced, and bringing it out in their art. No, they try to emulate the West. Meanwhile, the West is looking over there and to other cultures.
1: Yeah. Is that the grass is always greener?
0: I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I feel like growing up, we looked up to the West. So they think that if we do the same thing the Western artists are doing, we might get
1: exposure. This this is a dangerous word to throw out there, but would you say that they're trying to appropriate the West?
0: Yeah, in some way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So what happens
1: when a Lebanese street artist is brought over here to
0: paint? See, there is one Lebanese artist that he painted things like traditional folk artists. Sometimes he dabbled in Arabic calligraphy. Hmm. And this guy, he's doing well. Like He's being invited to paint murals in Europe and in the U.S. too. So he's brought his culture. Exactly. He has his own style, but... The messages are Arabic calligraphy in the background, but then the general look of it is just like of a portrait of somebody, of a painter or a singer from the old days, or a writer or something like that, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or sometimes he painted a homeless person, Mm. yeah. So when i go on these festivals on these trips i take my drone with me and i do some photographs and i i do like to my best ability to like edit it and add music
1: to it for me it's always about the concept first the tools are dictated by the concept you know if you're photographing a mural sometimes the only way to get it is going to be through a drone or certainly okay. to get that yeah some of those yeah, shots yeah. like an aerial seen. view yeah. of it yeah yeah uh, so the the concept of telling the story of the street art definitely would require different tools. Yeah. So that's cool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, you're sitting down in your dining room or living room or wherever, and what is your comfort food?
0: A good home-cooked meal from Lebanon.
1: Mm. What would that entail?
0: It would entail, it's called mughrabiyeh. So this is kind of like a, like a couscous kind of a pasta. Mm-hmm. It's cooked with some, it's called se- seven spices from Lebanon. I don't know what they are. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's basically cooked with some vegetables, some onions, and some chicken. That sounds delicious. It is delicious. It's very high on the carbohydrates.
1: Well, yeah, which is another thing I find delicious anyway. But (laughs) who would you share the meal with? My
0: son, Mm. who's 16. Okay. And uh, my girlfriend.
1: Is your son interested in art?
0: Uh. Not, not so much. <laughs> That's the answer, right? I like it. I sometimes dabble with art, like stencil art. All right. I do portraits and stuff like that, and uh, sometimes he helps me okay. with that, you know, but he is proud of me.
1: I really appreciate you listening to this episode of Cherry Bomb, the podcast, the companion piece to Sweet Blast, which can be found at theartofmattmckee.com. Today's guest is Sammy Joaquim, the founder and editor of streetartunitedstates.com or on his Instagram page at streetartunitedstates. Please remember to share this episode to your Facebook and Twitter and all your social media so your friends can listen and join in the conversation. If you have questions, suggestions, or comments, feel free to drop me a line at matt at mckeephotography.com, on Instagram at mckee underscore photo, and on Twitter at mckeephoto. This episode of Cherry Bomb the Podcast could not have been done without the help of Suzanne Schultz and CanvasFineArts.com, the specialist in coaching for creatives, and editing by Bill Chamlian at Orville Audio. Thanks for listening, and let's start the conversation.